Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome <laughs> to the Broncos Binge Podcast. A podcast for those who bleed orange and blue. This one's for John. Produced locally in Denver, Colorado. Now, now. here's your hosts, Rachel Strand and Dalton Coble. Hello Broncos country and welcome to the Broncos Binge Podcast, the Denver Broncos podcast made by fans for fans. I am your host Rachel Strand and I am also here with my co-host Dalton Coble. Well Broncos country, life kind of sucks right now, huh? Losing is one thing, but losing to the Raiders is a whole special kind of hurt. And I am certainly hurting right now, as I assume many other fans are. But before we dive into that head first, let's update on some injuries. So Javante Williams left early during the game against the Raiders, and it was revealed that he had a torn ACL. With the MRI the next day, it not only revealed a torn ACL, but also a torn LCL and posterior lateral corner. So this is a pretty significant injury, and it's going to be a long road back for the Broncos' best running back. As for Randy Gregory, he has his ACL still intact. However, he was placed on short-term IR and will miss at least four weeks with a knee injury. Could be up to six weeks, depending on him, of course, but at least he is not out for the year. So other than that, yes, the Broncos are kind of banged up and we are on a short week here and we'll be facing the Colts on Thursday night football. We will get to that preview of the game towards the end of the podcast. But in the meantime, let's dive headfirst into this deep pool of depression that is the Broncos loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. So Dalton, I don't know about you, but I feel like absolute garbage and... 
like the Broncos losing seriously impacts my well-being more than I think. Like I genuinely think it's causing me health issues. <laughs> I think I'm still in the shock phase at the moment because of all the injuries that happened to plus we lost to Josh McDaniels, which isn't fun. Yeah, I think my antidepressants are honestly putting up a valiant effort right now. But like straight up, I started to go from feeling eternally depressed by the Broncos over the past couple of seasons and just kind of like, you know, just kind of staying upset about it and kind of low-key bummed knowing that that's the norm. And now I'm actually starting to phase into being like really pissed off and... I don't like feeling that way. I don't like when football makes me pissed off. So yeah, I, I really hope the Broncos will get their stuff figured out here soon. As for my initial reaction to this, now that I'm thinking more into it, I'm going to blame this on a whole group, like a whole position group and a certain running back. I'm going to blame the entire O-line plus Melvin Gordon. Russell Wilson actually played really well. Nobody wants to say that, but he played really well. He stood out. He looked like a little bit like old Russ, but the O-line doesn't help him at all. I am going to second what you said there. I don't think Russ is the source of the problems right now. I, he is not blame-free. I should say that before people start coming for my throat. He is not blame-free. He certainly could up his performance a little bit better, but also we need to get him some help. And that can come with better play calling, better offensive line play, actually catching the ball, like having the receivers catch the ball actually, because I know we've had some issues with drops, but oh my God, did the O-line play like absolute trash last game. Like it's, it was almost infuriating because all the holding penalties that we've been getting have just been absolute drive killers and it drives me nuts. I'm just like done. I'm done with the Garrett Bowles experience, experience, to be honest. I mean, we signed him to a contract extension. And ever since that contract extension, he's just been regressing since. And it's, it's been unfortunate to see because the left tackle is such a key position for a right-handed quarterback because that's their blind side. And Garrett Bowles is just not performing up to par for his current contract. Regarding Melvin Gordon, I definitely agree there. But part of me does feel a little bit bad because he's he's basically, you know, taken all the blame right now in Broncos country. And I, I don't know if you saw that post-game thing where he came up to the podium and he just looked like absolutely devastated. And seeing that, I do feel bad for him. But my God, during the game, I just, I'm, I am frustrated with him right now. But, you know, four fumbles in four games is straight up not going to cut it, especially that he is now the starting running back for now, at least for the remainder of the season. Like he, he really needs to hold on to the ball. Cause I mean, again, Fumbles, those are huge drive killers, along with those penalties along the offensive line. I think it's all mentally for Melvin Gordon. I, I just think he's inside his own head at this point, and he just keeps fumbling. I remember I saw a clip of him in an interview, like, just, like, talking on a podcast with some random people. I don't know who exactly it was. I'll go back and find it eventually. But he says, I know I'm going to fumble on this play. He He's in his own head. His mind is playing games with him, and he obviously needs help to get out of it, which is why I'm glad. And we signed Latavius Murray off the Saints practice squad. Yeah, and it's my understanding that Latavius Murray will probably not 
play against the Colts on Thursday night. It's too short of a turnaround. And I think after this Colts game, we head out to London. So he's going to need some time to not only get acquainted to the Broncos playbook and how things are run here, but also the mile high errors. So I wouldn't be surprised if it takes him a week or two to actually show up and get some snaps with the Broncos. So don't be surprised if you don't see him just yet. It's probably going to be the Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone show for now. So we will see how that goes. But one thing that also further pisses me off is the fact that the Raiders are literally not good. And we made them look good. We literally gift-wrapped this win for them. We had so many opportunities to be able to take the lead and maintain the lead. And we just choked it away. And it's insanely frustrating to have four weeks in a row of this crap. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be kind of choosy with my words here, stay professional, but it's it's really frustrating at this point because, well, number one, I hate the Raiders. Everybody hates the Raiders. And I just, losing to them is incredibly frustrating. And like I said, we, we gift-wrapped this win for them. Josh McDaniels and company should be 0-4. We beat a better team in the San Francisco 49ers last week because last night, on Monday night, they beat the defending Super Bowl champions, Los Angeles Rams. And we beat the 49ers. Now, Now, that wasn't a good game by us, mind you, against the 49ers, but we ended up beating them. But for some reason, we can't beat the Raiders as of late, and it's just driving me absolutely nuts. The Raiders do have our number as of late. What I wanted to say is I disagree with you on the fact that we handed them this win. Their their D-line is no joke still. Like, I think everybody in the AFC West has Garrett Bowles' numbers for some reason. Everybody in the AFC West knows how to play them, and that looked like a classic Vance Joseph game. Constant holding, drive killers, the defense can't perform because it's too tired, and then it all falls apart. That reminded me of a Vance Joseph-esque era game, and I don't like saying that, but now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's that's more true. Yeah, we don't like to remember that era. Um, but yeah, it's it's just to look back on it, it's just incredibly frustrating. Frustrating. The Raiders are not, again, they're not that good of a team, but we sure as hell made them look good. And it was really unfortunate to see the defense crumble late in the fourth quarter when the, in, the fir- in the first three weeks of the season, they've really held out and really held strong in the second halves of games, but they just really crumbled in the second half and the Raiders often started carving us up which adds even more to the frustration because this was a game between two teams that were trying to find an identity for themselves. The Broncos and the Raiders haven't really established an identity yet, especially on offense. Unfortunately, with this game, the Raiders kind of took a step in the right direction for their quest to find an identity on offense, and we didn't. You said earlier that Russ played well, and I think he did. I just genuinely think we need, I just genuinely think we need to get him some more help. I know with his play style, he takes a little bit more sacks than usual, but also the offensive line needs to learn how to protect him a little bit more, at least give him enough time to go through his progression. I know quarterbacks are supposed to get the ball out really quick, but they also need to go through their reads and progressions and they just, the the pocket crumbles around him way too quickly. And then when he starts rolling out the pocket, that's when you see the yellow flag get thrown. Yep. When he rolls out of the pocket, holding number 72 offense. And I've heard that way too much in his early career. And I've always been an advocate for Garrett Bowles, so that's pretty upsetting. But I still think he can turn it around. I do miss Mike Munchak. I forget where he went, but I miss him very much. 
baby AIDS. come back. I wish he'd come back. I don't know if he's with anybody at the moment, to be honest. Why did we let him go? I think it was just honestly a coaching staff turnover. They dumped pretty much the entire coaching staff. Aside from our legendary defensive line coach, Bill Kolar. Love him. Love him forever. He's the man that wrestled a bear. If you don't believe me, look it up. It's quite the story. He's metal as hell, and I love him. And he's been with us since Super Bowl 50, so he's like one of the longest tenured coaches for the Broncos right now. Our defensive coordinator... I think he is legit. I actually do really think he is legit. I think he is the best staff member on our team at the moment. That is my opinion. I think Nathaniel Hackett is number... Oh my god, I don't even know where I would rank him at the moment. <laughs> it's a little too early to say where he is in his career or well, or where he will go in his career. So we will see with that, but I'm not ready to phone it in on him just yet. The Raiders special teams made a few mistakes. I'm glad that Tom McMahon looked like Tom McMahon still. At least he didn't look smart. He, he tried to be cute and do like an onside kick, if you remember <laughs> that at the beginning of the game. And I was like, did you did you really just try that? I think that was Josh McDaniels doing, to be honest. I think he was just being a pain in the ass like he usually is. But still, yeah, Tom McMahon being in the building. Honestly, he must have had some bad juju or something because it was not a good day for like certain special no, I teams. I think you manifested that. I think you manifested oh, McMoney's miss. I'm going to call you out on that because you were talking about that last week. And I was like, no, don't doubt McMoney. And you doubted him and look what happened. Well, he hasn't been McMoney as of late. He's been kind of missing some weird field goals here and there. And it's kind of not ideal. He'll, he'll get it figured out because I don't know if you Broncos fans remember early in his career with us, he could not hit the broadside of a barn. And it, it was just the worst thing ever. He just, I remember him being one of my main sources of frustration when like around the first time we signed him. I think we signed Connor Barth for a while to replace him. And then McManus eventually came back and became McMoney and has been like the longest tenured player for us. So it's just weird. Hopefully he will get things figured out soon. So for this next portion of the podcast, we are going to be doing some fan questions which have been submitted via the Daily Denver Broncos Instagram. And usually after the Broncos complete their game, I will post to the Instagram story asking for questions from fans regarding the past game and the upcoming game. So if you want your chance at it being answered, keep an eye out for those Instagram stories on the Daily Denver Broncos Instagram. Our first question comes from Joe Run 21 He asks, what are the biggest takeaways from this matchup with the Raiders? I definitely think we kind of covered a good portion of that. So let's kind of do some like a bullet point summary here. My first bullet point would probably be the offensive line sucks. <laughs> what about you, Dalton? I agree with you on that. But to be different, I'll say Pat Sertain is legit. Oh, yeah. He's easily top five. If you don't agree with me, I don't care. Pat Sertain is top five. He and Devontae. Yeah, he could easily be top three too he and Devontae Adams put on a show this past Sunday and I mean he's he's held his own against some of the league's best so I'm excited to see what else he can do this season if he can stay healthy please football gods let us stay healthy we've already gone through enough I'm so tired of this please football gods are meddling with us right now yeah, seriously though, we are not on the football god's side. Any other takeaways? I would probably say Russell Wilson is not the main source of the Broncos' issues. It is way deeper than that. And the defense is 
good, but also they're maybe not like the best of the best. And I might get some heat for that. Yeah, I definitely will get some heat for that. Maybe it was just because of the teams we were going up against in the first three weeks. I don't know. Just it's it sucks that they crumbled when it mattered most against the Raiders. It's too early in the season to really label where they will be at the end of the season. So we'll see. B Claps asks, does Hackett last the whole season? Barring some wild thing that happens, I don't know, something like a John Gruden situation or like something crazy like that, he probably lasts the whole season and probably lasts all of next season. I feel like the organization put too much hype into this to just drop it after one year. Yeah, I I think he will stay the whole season. I mean, we kept Fangio for what, two, three seasons? So like Dalton said, barring any unforeseen events, like if he Urban Meyer's the situation or John Gruden's the situation, um, he will probably last the whole season. It's rare for a head coach to be dropped after their first season. Yeah, I do think he will last despite how the Broncos end up at the end of the season. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Anthony Clark asks, how are we going to deal with Melvin if Javante is out for a while? This question was obviously asked before the official diagnosis came out on Javante. So if you missed it, Javante is out for the remainder of the season and possibly longer with a torn ACL and a bunch of other significant ligament damage in his knee. We're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, Mike Boone is pretty solid. Mike Boone doesn't really have a fumbling problem. Except for Um, what he did last game when he actually did fumble. (laughs) Okay, well, he's never had a fumbling problem before. And eventually, I hope Latavius Murray actually comes in. And because he doesn't have a fumbling problem either, maybe we need to sideline Melvin for just a little bit. Or honestly, if he keeps doing it, cut him. I'm so sorry. That's a big game changer. If you can't fumble every game, that's going to cost you. And it costed us this week. We keep tripping over our own foot and shooting ourselves in the own foot every week by stupid stuff like that. I think Gordon is kind of in Hackett's doghouse right now because uh, in Hackett's post-game conference, he did not really give Gordon a glowing review and it didn't really sound like he was in his corner at the moment. Uh, he obviously roots and advocates for all of his players, but he was dealing with some understandable frustration with Gordon after the game. Yeah, I, I think we're just gonna proceed as normal, as normal as we can at least. Melvin will probably be running back one. Uh, Mike Boone will probably running back 1B, like 1A and 1B. I think the Broncos are going to continue their run game by committee approach, and we're just going to have to see how that turns out. They'll probably end up stirring Latavius Murray into the mix, so we'll see how they deal with that, because again, Latavius Murray, we we might not see him for another week or two. Yeah. I'll still call up Philip Lindsay. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of fans are calling for Philip Lindsay to come back over. Currently, he's on the Colts practice squad, so shoot, we may see him 
him. I don't think actually practice squad players sometimes travel with teams, but if he does, we see the Colts on Thursday night, so there may be a chance that he's there. Who knows? <laughs> Kenny Smith asks, does this team have imposter syndrome, not being as good as they thought? I would say yes. There was some high, high expectations on this team coming into the season, and we have definitely not lived up to those expectations. Now, it should be said that some of those expectations were a little bit unrealistic. I mean, to have Super Bowl aspirations when the team just got a brand new quarterback, brand new head coach, brand new coaching staff, brand new owners, brand new just about everything is kind of a stretch. I mean, it's not impossible, because I know we did it with Kubiak in his first season, but it's it's a little bit of a stretch. Yes, I would say this team definitely has imposter syndrome, and I'd also say that the Colts, who, are we, who we are facing on Thursday Night Football, kind of have a similar situation going on. We're kind of alarmingly similar. Like, the two teams, the Broncos and the Colts, are alarmingly similar because there's high expectations for them, too, especially their defense. And, I mean, Jonathan Taylor hasn't really gone too crazy this season, and he... He did that last year, though. I would like to point that out. He t- to interject on you but through he was he's he did the same exact thing last year the first four games he does nothing and then he flips the switch and it turns on so it's week five yeah let's hope the broncos defensive line can keep him under wraps for thursday yeah i think the colts and the broncos are very similar and you know not living up to expectations and just kind of being teams that don't really have an identity yet i'm gonna disagree with you I am I I don't think it has imposter syndrome like like we think it does. The fans made it have imposter Actually, syndrome. Actually, yeah. The fans True. The fans expected way too much. Benjamin Albright was preaching this all offseason. This team is going to struggle at the beginning. This is a new owner, a new basically a new GM, a new head coach, a new quarterback, whole new systems, whole new everything. It's a lot of change to deal with, and we have injuries already coming in, and we're already collecting injuries mid-season. Not even mid-season, the beginning of the season. The fans are our own worst enemy. Our fan base, I haven't, I don't want to say this because I love our fan base, but it's, it's, it's low-key becoming toxic. We were spoiled little brats for quite a while, and we're expecting way too damn much. Ooh, Dalton popping off. I'm so sorry. We are becoming horrendous people. We are becoming we are becoming bad. We are we are not giving anything time to develop. Buffalo let Josh Allen develop for three years before he turned into what he is. And he is, I would argue, he is a better athlete than Patrick Mahomes. You put those two together. Patrick Mahomes is a better thrower. Josh Allen is a better athlete. Josh Allen is top two quarterback, top one. If you want to argue that, that's another day argument. But our team, we're so impatient. Why are we so impatient? We Because we were spoiled by the whole Tim Tebow honeymoon thing. And then, oh, then we got Peyton Manning, the greatest quarterback of all time. He threw for a 55 touchdown season. That's never been done. Oh, then we had the best defense in the league. And then we fell off. And that happens. But... Now we're trying to regroup. You can't just hop off ship immediately, guys. So sorry. I'm done now. (laughs) Dalton rant over. 
I love the fan base. I definitely kind of agree with what you're saying there. I still think Broncos Country is a, you know, a top five, top three fan base in terms of just, you know, looking at them as a general fan base because we have a home sellout streak that dates back to the 1980s. So that's pretty cool. But I definitely kind of agree with what you're saying there with the unrealistic expectations. It's it's hard to say that and accept that. And it's going to be hard for some fans to hear, but I would definitely agree because Peyton Manning came in and just absolutely balled out. We had four seasons of absolute elite football and we were spoiled rotten. And I am so, so thankful for all the years that Peyton gave us and all the fun memories that he gave us and another Super Bowl championship that came with that team. I'm so thankful for it. And I want to go back to that feeling where I just, I want to get back to that winning feeling. And unfortunately, it doesn't feel like it's going to happen in this first year. I mean, who knows? We could have some revolutionary turnaround mid-season or in the next game or so, like something the league has never seen before. But I do think unrealistic expectations kind of did hurt this team a bit. And I see where you're coming from with that, Dalton. This team is still pretty young. The offensive line is pretty young. We have young developing offensive line players. Our wide receivers are really young. Our running backs are, well, one is young. Melvin is getting up there in age. Yeah, for a running back, Melvin Gordon is definitely (sighs) getting up there in age. And the defense is still pretty young. The D-line has gotten younger. Safeties are still pretty young, aside from Kareem Jackson. That's what I have to say. So we're still learning everything. And Nathaniel Hackett's never been a head coach before, so this is all new to him. He he is learning as we go. He's learning that Russell Wilson is also not Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have that luxury, because Aaron Rodgers is on a whole different league than Russell Wilson, and I will die by that statement. So they have to learn each other's weaknesses and their strengths, and we have to learn how to adapt and overcome all these issues and not bail ship immediately yeah we got a vibe still we got we got to get some time to vibe and gel together or at least the coaching staff and russell wilson and all his teammates need some time to gel and vibe with one another and they'll get those connections eventually jason four asks do we as a collective still believe we can make the playoffs (laughs) this is this is an interesting topic dalton and i may come to blows over this We'll see. We pre-gamed this one a little. (laughs) Yeah, we pre-gamed the question. Honestly, if I were to be brutally honest, I would say no. If we continue like this and playing like this for the rest of the season, we will not make the playoffs. And if we do continue playing like this and somehow make the playoffs like in a wild card spot, I don't really want that because that means we might get spanked in the playoffs if we continue, you know, struggling to put up over like 14 points a game. I don't want to be in the playoffs with that problem, especially with, you know, the high-flying Bills and Chiefs who can drop 40 like it's nothing. So I know that is a crazy take to have, but yeah, there's still a chance that this team could do some sort of monumental turnaround at some point. If they do that, yeah, they'll have a run at the playoffs. But again, we're in the AFC West and it's going to be hard. We already dropped one AFC West game, so that's going to hurt come time for the end of the season. So if we can't win in the AFC West, we're not going to make the playoffs. So we got to actually start beating the teams that we see twice a year. I'm going to answer this question in two parts. Do I think we're going to win the division? No. That belongs to the Chiefs still. Sorry to say that, but I just still think it does. I do believe we can make the wild card. The NFL is actually turning out not like I was expecting. Teams that were supposed to be good aren't playing like they're good. 
they're they're playing rough. They're playing like they're figuring things out still. I do not know why. I can't answer that question. That's a coaching staff question slash player question, but maybe that's just early league and we're still getting used to things. However, I still think we can make a wild card spot. I definitely believe we can make a wild card spot. And Rachel doesn't want to be in a wild card spot. God forbid, who knows why. We always want more Broncos football. Oh, yeah, I want more Broncos football. But like I said in my scenario, if we continue like this, playing like this for the rest of the season and make a playoff game or make the wild card, it could probably not be pretty for the wild card. At least those players can get some playoff reps. Yeah. That's a positive way to look about it. And then maybe when we get healthy over the offseason, we'll come back and things will get better because I honestly think having not having Tim Patrick really hurts talk me and my friend were talking about this and he said not having Tim Patrick doesn't mean a lot and I really don't agree with that because having two big wide receivers running down the seams or KJ Hamler running down the seams we've seen what Tim Patrick can do he 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 can play really 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 well and I think him him not having his presence on the field obviously hurts. Definitely. I can't wait to have him back next year. So final question comes from Christine Martinez 74. They ask, what's up with the O-line? Do they not like Wilson? Why won't they protect him? <laughs> if, if that's not the question of last game, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's it's a struggle right now. For some reason with the first three games, it wasn't really talked about too much. They were kind of, the offensive line was looped into the general question about why are we getting so many penalties? But after the Raiders game, they really came under the microscope for performing really badly. So I'm glad people are finally recognizing just how bad that unit is. And they've kind of endured a lot of shuffling because of injuries. And I know Billy Turner isn't back yet. And I hope he doesn't, you know, end up being a bad signing for us where he just never gets any playing time. That would really suck. But I I would not be surprised if the offensive line is completely different next season and they just, they just go with an all different unit. Um, I think this will be Dalton Reisner's final season in Denver, he has just not been good for us or good enough, or at least he's just getting absolutely dominated this season. I'm tired of Garrett Bowles being bad and, you know, regressing since his contract extension. I don't really know what's up with the O-line right now. It's incredibly frustrating. I don't think it's a fact. I think it's funny that you asked that they don't like Wilson. Obviously, they do. He's their quarterback, but they sure are blocking like they don't like him because Wilson's been hitting the turf a lot. (laughs) I think it has to deal with the way Russell plays quarterback. We haven't really had this mobile of a quarterback for a long time. Um, we're we're really used to just guys that stand in the pocket, step their foot in the ground, and launch the ball deep. And I mean, Russell does that sometimes, but Russell also likes to run around and make magic happen. That's just how he plays. So maybe the O line is still not used to that, and they're still like, man, this is diff, this is different, this is difficult. So I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, and I also do think this is Dalton Reisner's last season. He has not played well. He peaked way too early in his career, and then just leveled out, and then started regressing this year. So I think his tenure will come to an end this year. But I am excited for Quinn Miners. I think he's good. I just hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, I can't wait for Quinn Miners to come back either. He's easily the Broncos' best lineman. So for this last portion of the podcast, we are going to do a quick preview of the upcoming game as well as give our predictions slash players to watch for the game. So the Broncos have a little bit of a short turnaround this week. After playing on Sunday, they're going to play Thursday Night Football, which will be streamed exclusively on Amazon Prime. They will be playing in Denver, and the Colts will be flying out. And as I mentioned earlier, the Colts are in somewhat of a similar situation to 
to us, high expectations before the season than letting people down in the regular season. So I don't know how good of a Thursday night football game it will it will be. We will see on that front. I am I am hopeful. I am going to a watch party this Thursday at Tom's Watch Bar. If you're in the Denver area, make sure you come out for that. Come say hey to me. Let's chat about the Broncos, discuss our sadness around the Broncos, you know, <laughs> you know, just regular Broncos fans things. I will not be attending too far away. Yeah. Dalton's in North Carolina. Maybe one of these days Dalton will fly out and we can meet up with people Hopefully. and say, hey, that sounds like that sounds like fun. Do it. But Shaq Leonard won't be playing. I, I his He got a concussion last game and he did not clear his concussion protocol and he is ruled out for this game. So and that is their best defender by far. However, Stefan Gilmore is there and he might lock down Cortland. He is still playing at a high level. I don't know. Is Jonathan Taylor playing? I think it's a maybe. I yeah. Think. Yeah. The, the injury reports will be weird this week considering it is such a quick turnaround. So we will probably get official word on some of the guys by tomorrow. If I'm correct, if there's a Thursday night game, I think the away team ends up flying out either the Tuesday evening before the game or like the Wednesday morning of. It might be Wednesday morning of. Regardless, the Colts are going to be ones traveling. So they're going to be, they're going to be pretty cooked. They're going to be tired. We'll see with the injury reports. We'll probably get official word on the injuries Wednesday afternoon slash evening. So we will see who will be in and out for each team. But right now we don't have official word on that. In terms of predictions slash players to watch, who, who's on your list, Dalton? I got two players. I'm going to mention two players to watch. Pat Sertain continues his tour of dominant wide receivers to lock down. We'll see if he locks down Michael Pittman this this week. He is locking down top 10 receiver after top 10 receiver. Now, guaranteed Michael Pittman not be top 10 this year. However, he is still no joke. He is still good at football. And I do believe Patrick Sertain will obviously lock him down because he's just that good for some reason. And for my next player, I would like to say Nick Bonito. He has not played a lot this season, and Randy Gregory is in a wake-up call for him. He is now going to be thrusted into the fire. Not thrusted into the fire. He will be expected to maintain the fire and play because there will be a rotation of him, Baron Browning, Bradley Chubb, Jonathan Cooper. Yeah, it'll be an interesting rotation of players. We'll see how they handle that situation. But I definitely agree with your Sertan and Bonito thing. Hopefully Bonito will get some snaps. I know uh, Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper have had some success in terms of pass rush. I'd like to definitely see more of them. Um, Nick Bonito had a solid preseason. I'd like to see more of him. I think in terms of my player to watch, I would say, and this isn't really me giving him a glowing recommendation or saying he'll have a pop-off game, but he's just someone you should keep an eye on. It's probably Melvin Gordon because he's coming off a rough slate of like he's coming off of four rough weeks here um he's probably very determined to hold on to that damn ball so hopefully he can because the Colts defensive line is pretty stout so I'd say keep an eye on him because I don't think the Broncos really have a choice right now he is their de facto running back number one so I think they're kind of forced to put their trust into him and hopefully he will take that and literally run with it and have some success hope Melvin Gordon can turn it around for this game my prediction I I rarely give final score predictions because I just I'm so cursed whenever I give out final score predictions I swear but 
I think that since it's going to be a home game, it's going to be in prime time. I think the Broncos are going to be able to squeak out a win here. I say squeak out because it'll probably be another close one. I don't know how much success either team will have on offense. It might be kind of a low scoring affair like the, I, I hope it's not like the Broncos 49ers game like where it was 11 to 10. That's just, that's not good watch party viewing right there. I'd I'd love to have a high scoring affair, but I think it'll be kind of a middle of the road scoring affair. But I do have the Broncos winning this one just for, just because it'll be home field advantage. They're coming off of a rough loss and they'll be a little bit more determined to get this victory. And it's in the mile high altitude, which doesn't help the Colts on short term week. So the the home field advantage this week really helps. So I do think we will squeak out a win as well. I don't think it'll be pretty. Don't expect anything pretty. It'll probably be ugly as it comes, but that's okay because a win's to win. We just need to keep collecting these wins. That's 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 all we need to do right now. Yep, Dalton's right. Just gotta keep pushing week after week. Like Dalton mentioned earlier, don't jump ship. We are Broncos country. That's not what we do as Broncos fans. We stay on this ship whether it's sinking or cruising through calm seas. So let's just take things week by week. If we can give Drew Locke three years, we can definitely give Russell at least two, two and a half years. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Broncos Binge Podcast. The Broncos Binge Podcast will be released weekly every Tuesday, and we hope you will tune in for future episodes as the season progresses. If you have any comments or suggestions, let us know. We want to make this podcast as fun and enjoyable as possible for our listeners. Once again, I am your host, Rachel Strand. And I am Dalton Coble. Thanks for listening, and go Broncos! Thank you for listening to the Broncos Binge Podcast a part of the Mile High Report Podcast Network. Make sure to follow at RachelNFL and NFL Dalton on Twitter for more Broncos news and content.